Well, hey there, and welcome back to another episode of the Reshape Your Health podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Morgan Nolte, and each week on this show, I bring you knowledge and tips and inspiration and stories to help you reshape your health so that you can weigh less and live more. I'm here to help you do all of the things that you've been putting off for so long, whether that's losing weight so that you can play with your grandkids, reduce your medications, or just travel like you want. That's why I do what I do. I want to help you reach all of your biggest goals. In this crazy year of 2020, we have made it to Thanksgiving. Now, if you've gone through some hardships this year, know that my heart and my thoughts are with you. I know that this has not been an easy year for many, many people, and Thanksgiving is going to look different tomorrow. We're going to have less people. Some people might not be around the table. Um, And so I really hope that whatever your Thanksgiving looks like, that you really dig deep and find an attitude of gratitude because we always have something to be grateful for. I hope that you and your family and your loved ones are staying safe and staying healthy this holiday season. I have some really exciting changes coming your way from my business. I don't know if you knew this about me, but I'm a really big problem solver and I love getting to flex my creative muscles. And I've recently gone through some rebranding. So my business was Reshape Physical Therapy and Wellness and it's transitioned to Weight Loss for Health to be more reflective of what I actually do, what I excel at. And part of this rebranding process is updating my website. So it's not going to be done quite yet when this episode airs, but it will be done in the next couple of weeks. And I'm really proud of the work that I put into this website. I think that it's going to be my best yet. Yes, I have built all of my own websites thus far in my business. I think that this is number seven. It's a ton of time and thought and work, but I truly believe that to have a successful online business, I have to have a great website. And another update here is that my offer has changed, okay? So what I sell is an online program called Weight Loss for Health. And it's really a course, an online course that you take with the trainings that you need to learn to lose weight and keep it off to prevent disease. Now, what I used to have is a monthly membership where people would pay once a month to get weekly office hours for group coaching, um, a private online community for accountability and ideas, but that's changed too. So I've actually made that free forever. So when you sign up for my course, you're going to get free access forever to that private online community. And that's something that I'm really excited about and really proud to share with you. Now, last thing. The price of my course and community will be going up significantly in the new year. So if you've been thinking about joining me, if you've been thinking about getting on the inside and seeing what it is that I really do, because the podcasts and the YouTube videos are a tiny piece of the breadth and wealth of knowledge that I share with you in my program. So if you've been thinking about joining, please do not delay. Okay, I want you to get the best deal possible, and that is going to happen when you sign up for my program before the new year. We do not need to wait for January 1st to start pursuing our goals. We start every single day pursuing our goals. We start with a new passion and new vigor to become the best version of ourselves. To get more details about my program, simply go to weightlossforhealth.com forward slash join. 
With all of that being said, let's talk about today's episode. This again is audio from the YouTube version. You can check that out if you search for Dr. Morgan Nolte on YouTube. And I'm talking about how to use intermittent fasting to prevent holiday weight gain. And really the beauty about intermittent fasting is there's so many different ways that you can do it to make it fit to your lifestyle. Even if you're not interested in losing weight, maybe you're specifically interested in disease prevention and healthy aging, you're going to want to incorporate intermittent fasting into your lifestyle because a process called autophagy happens when we're intermittently fasting. It's like cleaning out your cellular debris and it's a, a powerful tool for disease prevention. And if the word fasting scares you, please don't let it scare you. Remember that you're always fasting overnight when you're sleeping and it is okay to ease into this. I want you to assess your eating and fasting window currently and start with just 12 hours a day. So we want to balance that feeding and fasting window. So if you're not quite ready for the 16 to 18 hour fast that I talk about in this episode, could you bump it up to 12 or 14 hours? I think that's a great place for most people to start. I know that you're going to get a ton of value from this episode. So let's go ahead and hop in. Most people gain about a pound over the holiday season. If you don't do anything to counteract this weight gain over 20 years, that's 20 pounds. And this is just over the holiday season. One of the best things you can do to prevent holiday weight gain is to adopt a feasting and fasting lifestyle. That's what I'm going to teach you how to do in this video. You'll learn the 6-1 intermittent fasting schedule that you can easily implement into your life so you not only prevent holiday weight gain, you may actually lose some this year. You're going to learn what you can drink during your fasting window the best foods to eat during your feeding window, and we'll talk about the difference between learned or conditional hunger and physical hunger because intermittent fasting is a surefire way to recalibrate your relationship with food. Be sure to watch all the way until the end where I'll share my best tips to combat hunger when you're fasting. It's sure to come up and you need to be armed with some strategies to overcome it. Otherwise, you won't be very successful implementing intermittent fasting into your lifestyle. If you're looking for actionable, science-backed advice for weight loss and disease prevention, then be sure to subscribe to my channel and turn the bell on to get notified every time I post a new video. Also, hit that like button if you get value from a video and leave a comment. I read all the comments and try to respond to all of them personally. Who am I to talk about intermittent fasting? Well, I teach all about the topic in my online program, Weight Loss for Health. And I've had the privilege of interviewing intermittent fasting expert, Cynthia Thurlow, a couple of times for my podcast. Not only do I teach the weight loss benefits of intermittent fasting, but in my online program, I dive into the disease fighting benefits of autophagy or cellular cleaning that occurs. After watching my lesson about fasting to prevent disease, one course member said, okay, you had me at lowering the risk of Alzheimer's. Due to family history, I have been absolutely convinced that Alzheimer's is in my future. While fasting is scary to me, Alzheimer's is much scarier. 
I was aware of what happens to the brain with Alzheimer's, but not how those beta proteins got there or what could be done to remove them. All right, let's dive into my favorite intermittent fasting schedule for the holidays. And that's the 6-1 schedule. This means that six days a week, you are doing either a 16-8 or 18-6 hour fasting to feeding window. For 16 to 18 hours of the day, you fast and for six to eight, you eat. Fasting includes time when you're sleeping, so it's really not going to be as hard as you initially think. I typically stop eating around 6 p.m. and start eating again around noon the following day. So this is technically an 18 six hour window that works great for my schedule, but you could easily adjust those hours to fit your lifestyle. Some people prefer to skip breakfast, others prefer to skip dinner. We like eating dinner together as a family, and I prefer not to have to worry about feeding myself and doing more cooking and cleaning when I'm home with my kids most days of the week. Or on my work days, I want the increased mental clarity and focus intermittent fasting provides. So waiting until lunch to eat works great for my schedule. You'll do that six days a week, usually Monday through Saturday. Know that when you start out, it's okay if you just start at even 12 hours, then you work your way up an hour a day until you get to 16 hours. It can take two to six weeks for your body to become more metabolically flexible and switch from burning sugar to fat for fuel. Lowering your carb intake will help speed up this process. Most of the time you'll have two meals and maybe a high protein snack during your six to eight hour feeding window. Sometimes I have all three meals, but on the holiday, you may just want to have one larger meal and a smaller snack or a second meal. So that's the sixth part of the six one schedule. The one means one meal a day or a 20 to 24 hour fast. I recommend placing this day directly following a big feast type meal. Give your body a day to recover and digest all the food before you put more in. Then have one larger healthy meal. You'll wanna be sure this meal contains at least 30 grams of protein, ideally more, along with some fiber and healthy fat. The following day, just resume your 16 to 18 hour fasting window and get right back on track. This type of intermittent fasting schedule will help balance the somewhat normal increase in calories, stress, and other factors that contribute to holiday weight gain. I also find intermittent fasting a great technique to reduce grazing, which can be a huge contributing factor of holiday weight gain, especially if you're grazing on all the sweets at the office or in your home. I always like hearing from you and touching base mid video to be sure you're with me. So if you've tried intermittent fasting, let me know what schedule you, you did and how it went. If you haven't, let me know that too. And if you have any questions I can answer for you about intermittent fasting in future videos, put those down there in the comments now. Let's move on to talking about what you can eat or drink when you're fasting. There are differing opinions here, but if you want the full benefits of fasting, you'll want to stick with water, black coffee, and plain tea. Putting fat in your coffee, or my favorite half and half, even gum and mints can stimulate an insulin response and lessen the fasting benefits. So just stick with those plain liquids. I'll also sometimes do a naturally essenced sparkling water like a bubbly or LaCroix. 
Just make sure it doesn't have any artificial sweeteners in it. Regarding what you eat during the six to eight hours when you do eat, I want you to download my ultimate food guide at weightlossforhealth.com forward slash ultimate food guide. This is a more comprehensive list that will give you clarity and confidence about what you're eating and why. But in general, stick with lower carb, whole food options. Be sure to get plenty of protein, healthy fat, and fiber in each meal. Again, just download my food guide. It will make those choices easier for you. The last thing I wanted to talk about was the number one barrier that people state to trying intermittent fasting, and that's hunger. It's instinct to not want to be hungry, but I believe most people have lost sight of the difference between physical and emotional hunger. So we are going to cover the differences real quick. Intermittent fasting is a great way to recalibrate your relationship with food. And part of that is conditional or learned hunger. Emotional hunger comes on suddenly. It hits you in an instant and feels overwhelming and urgent. Physical hunger comes on more gradually. The urge to eat doesn't feel as immediate and it doesn't demand to be satisfied right now unless you haven't eaten for a very long time. Emotional hunger craves specific comfort foods. When you're physically hungry, almost anything sounds good, including healthy stuff like protein or vegetables. But with emotional hunger, hunger, you'll crave junk food or sugary snacks that provide an instant rush of energy. Emotional hunger often leads to mindless eating. Before you know it, you've eaten a whole bag of crackers or chips or an entire thing of ice cream without paying attention or even fully enjoying it. When you're eating in response to physical hunger, you're typically more aware of what you're doing. Mindless eating also comes in the form of grabbing food here and there just because you feel like you want something in your mouth. When some water, or coffee, tea, or a piece of gum would do instead. Emotional hunger isn't satisfied once you're full. You want to keep eating more and more, often eating until you're uncomfortably full. Physical hunger, on the other hand, doesn't need to be stuffed. You feel satisfied when your stomach is full. At least for me, I notice that I eat dinner to satisfy my true physical hunger, but craving something sweet or snacking after dinner is learned or conditional hunger. Emotional hunger isn't located in the stomach. Remember, hunger actually starts in your brain at the sight, smell, even thought of food. Rather than feeling your stomach grumble, you feel your hunger as a craving you can't get out of your head. You're focused on specific textures, tastes, and smells, and may have really strong cravings. Emotional hunger often leads to regret, guilt, shame, or hiding of food. When you eat to satisfy physical hunger, you're unlikely to feel guilty or ashamed. If you feel guilty after you eat, it's likely because you know deep down that you're not eating for nutritional reasons. You're eating to soothe your emotions. And this behavior isn't congruent with your deeper long-term desires to get healthy. Emotional hunger can't be filled with food. Eating may feel good in the moment, but the feelings that triggered the eating are still there. And you often feel worse than you did before. 
emotionally because you know you didn't need the food and you feel like you're self-sabotaging. Physically, because often the food you ate was high in sugar, so you're experiencing a sugar crash. Know that you will likely get hungry for breakfast or a mid-morning snack if you're used to having breakfast or a mid-morning snack. It's like Pavlov's dog. But recognize your hunger hormone or ghrelin pulses. It comes and goes. So when it comes, be sure that you stay busy and stay hydrated. Those are two of the best things to help hunger pass until it's time to eat. You can make a list of things to do instead of eat. Also, avoid the kitchen or being around others eating during your fasting window. Your hunger can be triggered just at the sight, smell, or thought of food. That's why keeping it out of sight and out of mind will help. Now, if you resonated with this video, know that we talk all about intermittent fasting in my online course and community, Weight Loss for Health. If you wanna start for free with one of my favorite masterclasses about how to lower your inflammation and insulin resistance, just go to weightlossforhealth.com forward slash masterclass and download that today. I covered a lot of tips in today's video, so let's recap them quickly. If you want to avoid weight gain over the holiday season, try this 6-1 intermittent fasting schedule where you fast for 16 to 18 hours a day and eat for six to eight hours a day. Be sure to structure your meals with enough protein, fiber, fat, and calories to keep you fueled until your next meal. Hydration will be key to feeling good while you're fasting, but stick with water, black coffee, or plain tea to get the most benefits. Anticipate that intermittent fasting will bring out some emotional eating tendencies and be armed with distractions to keep you busy during your fast. I covered the differences between physical and emotional hunger. Recognize that the hunger will pass and try to reduce your environmental exposure to food cues or signals during your fast. That will help reduce your hunger. Be sure if you like this video to give it a thumbs up, share it with your friends, subscribe to this channel, and turn the bell on to get notified each time I post a new video. Thanks so much for watching, and I'll see you in the next video. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast, and if you wanna check out the YouTube version, be sure that you do that as well. Now, a really easy way that you can help me help others is by engaging with my weekly content, by leaving a rating and review for this podcast, by subscribing to my YouTube channel, liking the videos, and leaving a comment. That tells those algorithms that it's good content and more people should see it. So if you're interested in helping me help others for free, that would mean a lot to me. Definitely tune in next week because I have a special interview with my guest, Alyssa. She's a fellow physical therapist and her specialty is working with people who have osteoarthritis. We had a really interesting discussion about the common myths for osteoarthritis. One of the myths is that it's caused by wear and tear on the joints. Another myth is that it's not reversible. And a third myth is that exercise or movement is bad for osteoarthritis and it's better just to rest. She busts through all of these myths and I know that you're going to find it really interesting. So I will talk to you same time, same place next week. Bye for now.